Hello everyone and welcome back to Where Fun Goes to Thrive. I'm your host Chase Leto and I'm here with three very special guests today. If you all want to take some time to quick, quickly introduce yourselves. Hello, my name is Emil Durkheim, but you may know me as the father of sociology. Hello, I'm Ibn Khaldun, former social activist, political advisor, historian, and the OG father of sociology. Hello, I'm Karl Marx, former social activist, economist, and forever a communist. Thank you all for joining us. It's truly an honor to be discussing these issues with such renowned theorists today. I've invited these sociologists here today to discuss how parts of their theories can be reconsidered when thinking about the racial tensions and inequalities we see in America. So Durkheim, you say that the economic services that the division of labor can render are insignificant compared to the moral effect that it produces, and that the true function is to create between two or more people a feeling of solidarity. If what you're saying is true, why has there been an increasing gap between the top 1% and bottom 50% of Americans since the late 1980s? Why is the Federal Reserve reporting that in 2016, the net worth of most white households reached close to 1 million, while the network of Hispanic and black households doesn't even approach 250,000? How does the division of labor bring about a growing racial wealth gap while also sparking social cohesion within American society? Well, Chase, as you know, America has become one of the most populous countries in the nation, which means that you're going to have much more specialization within society. As a society grows and becomes more concentrated, that growth that a society experiences does not permit a greater division of labor, but necessitates it in order for social cohesion to remain intact. So when you discuss this increasing wealth gap between individuals within society, this could merely be a symptom of this increase in the division of labor. While I agree that America's population may result in more specializations as a result of new services and jobs being needed within society, <clears throat> I think that the wealth gap we are seeing in the U.S. has more to do with deeper racial conflicts that is embedded within American history. How do you explain some of the racial tensions that have been displayed in American society? Well, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about the growth of societies. As the American society grows in population, it gives rise to conflicts that can be resolved only by a more developed form of the division of labor, which in essence is the driving force of progress. Although you may have these moments of conflict among groups, they are typically temporary because the American society, just like others, is a segmentary one. Each segment has its own organs that are, so to speak, protected and kept at a distance from similar organs. Therefore, this wealth gap that Americans are experiencing could be a result of the necessity to separate the labor that individuals conduct and increase the specialization within a growing society. But that doesn't explain the ways in which some people are forced into certain roles. The racial wealth gap occurring in America isn't a result of people assigning themselves roles in order to prevent conflict. It has more to do with the dominance that certain people exhibit over others. Within our history, there have been a number of ways in which Black and Latino citizens have been marginalized and prevented access to education, jobs, housing, and other economic opportunities that have led to this racial wealth gap we see now. Khaldun, you talk a lot about the relationship between group feeling and royal authority. What are your thoughts about American group feeling and how it's led to this racial wealth gap in America? Well, Chase, when considering the group feeling that formulated American society, I think about the ideals of freedom, democracy, and equal opportunity. 
However, since this group feeling was originally established for white men in America, that is exactly who became the royal authority because their group feeling was able to overcome and gain power over the rest. Thus, the people became tame and do not aspire to share with the leader in the exercise of control. And American society fell for a time under the state of tranquility where minorities were excluded from possessing property and white people became accustomed to having this tranquility as well. I see. And what happens when the dominant group feeling is challenged, Khaldun? Let's take the Charlottesville riots as an example. When the push to remove Confederate monuments from public spaces across the U.S. began back in 2015, white citizens felt as if their Confederate heritage, i.e. their history of dominance over minorities, was being threatened and retaliated by organizing rallies such as the Unite the Right rally that took place in August of 2017. Black Lives Matter and other anti-racist groups formed counter-protest in response and resulted in the deaths and injuries of civilians. In the aftermath, President Trump said that he thought there was blame on both sides. And by saying this, he reinforces the group feeling that white civilians in America have developed and become accustomed to. Exactly. When the group feeling is being challenged by these other group feelings, in this case, those groups that are advocating for the rights and protections of minorities, such as Black Lives Matter, you have the royal authority intervene and reinforce the group feeling that is presently dominating over the rest. We've seen several examples of this throughout American history in which minority groups develop a group feeling based in oppression and exploitation and try to challenge the dominant group feeling, that of white civilians, only to be, as you say, Khaldun, forced to refrain from such aspirations as higher education, better economic opportunities, and other aspects of cultural and economic opportunity. Precisely, Chase, which is why, despite the progress that America has made with racial inequality, you still have Black and Latino households that pursue higher education often lack the access to these networks and resources, as reported by Themis. Khaldun, we've talked a lot about dominance and the ways in which people are oppressed and forced into submission by the group feeling that the royal authority utilizes to obtain power. But I feel as if you focus more on the group or revolutionary groups within a society instead of the individuals themselves. According to Demos' report in 2017 on the racial wealth gap, the median white household that includes a full-time worker has 7.6 times more wealth than the median black household with a full-time worker. The median white household that includes a full-time worker also has 5.4 times more wealth than the median Latino household with a full-time worker. This results in black and Latino citizens taking on extra hours, an extra job, and still being unable to accumulate the same wealth as white citizens in America. Marx, could you possibly explain what happens to black and brown individuals who are experiencing many of these effects of the racial wealth gap? I certainly chase. I believe it all comes down to the fact that the worker sinks to the level of a commodity and becomes indeed the most wretched of commodities. They take on these extra hours and extra jobs in an attempt to accumulate more wealth for themselves and for their families, when in reality, the worker becomes all the poorer the more wealth they produce. Which results in these workers being unable to uh, close the wealth gap and attaining more access to economic opportunity. In addition, since these workers are taking on more hours and more jobs to try to close this gap, they become estranged from his essential being, as you call it. Precisely. The more labor that these citizens take on, the less they're able to be their creative selves. The creative self, or what I call the conscious life activity, distinguishes man from animal life activity. And without this, we become estranged from ourselves. 
I think that the estrangement from the South has been quite prevalent within American society. Minority groups have faced racial oppression in various ways. The increase in the division of labor as America has grown in population has resulted in the increase in the racial wealth gap that we face in our society today. When individuals within these oppressed groups speak out against the laws and customs that have allowed their continued exploitation, there have been times in which they have succeeded in bringing change, and other times in which the dominant group feeling of white citizens has been reinforced by the American government. The racial wealth gap that faces our country now has continued to prevent Black and Latino citizens from access to education and better economic opportunity. They are more unlikely to pursue their conscious life activity, as Marx would say, because there are still barriers preventing minority groups from closing the wealth gap. I want to thank Marx, Caldoun, and Durkheim for having this discussion with me today. Please make sure to tune in next week, and remember, U Chicago is where fun goes to thrive.